Welcome to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. This week, the first in a summer series on communities in southern Arizona. The Buzz is hitting the road this summer. Once a month, we'll help you get to know some of the communities in southern Arizona. We're focusing on an area known as the Copper Corridor. It stretches from the Pima-Pinal County line to the edge of the Phoenix metro area. Our first stop is Oracle, a community of about 3,500 people on the north side of the Santa Catalina Mountains. To start our look, we head to the Oracle Historical Society and its main museum located in a building known as the Acadia Ranch. Like Oracle, its history can be traced to cattle and copper. But it hit its stride in the early 20th century as a health resort for people with tuberculosis. Two board members showed us around the museum and told us about the community's history. You'll later hear from Royal John Medley, but our tour starts with Kevin Arnbrust, showing us around a room that was once Oracle's second post office. The first one was an American flag, which is six miles east of here ranch, and it was a post office from 1880 to 1890, and it was mostly miners and ranchers out there. But the gold ran out and the ranchers were that many people, so in 1890 they designated here as the only post office. So this was down the road, if you go about 200 yards back towards Tucson on the right-hand side, you'll see a building that looks like this with a church attached to it. Originally that was the Mountain View Hotel. As you can see some historical pictures here, and it was built in 1895 by Buffalo Bill's friend, Curly Neal. It was quite a place. Annie was his wife that became the proprietor of the hotel and very famous in this area for being so gracious and such a good host. So Buffalo Bill's friend, so this was just ranching and mining, like you were saying, that's why people were coming in? Well, they're coming in uh, after 1895 for the health. So you had a mix of all those. And that's Buffalo Bill right here at this place. And he tried his luck as gold mining out there uh, by Campo Benito, which is near American Flag Ranch. There's a lot of stories going around, but apparently when he bought those mines, they had been salting the mine or making it look like there's more gold in there to be found. And uh, the only thing he really got out of was tungsten. Uh, everyone that used to live here that had knew him said he was a gracious man, a very generous man. People may not realize that Buffalo Bill was here. I mean, he's such a big historic figure that here he was yeah. in Oracle trying to yeah, make his living. It shocked me when I first heard it because he was such a world-known character to be in a little town like Oracle like this, you know, and stuff. So, but. Was he just a resident of Oracle, or did people, oh, that's Buffalo Bill, and you know, treat him as a celebrity, or? Well, a little of both, yeah. A lot of people would leave him alone, and other ones would be starstruck. This is the room that reflects this place being a tuberculosis uh, health resort. How many patients at capacity could this hospital have held? We estimated it somewhere around 15, maybe, maybe up as high as 20. How did this end up as a tuberculosis hospital? Who decided that Oracle, Arizona, that's where we need to do this? There was a visit by a famous doctor, and I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name right now. And he put in a national article that he thought this was a perfect area for the coolness, the clearing of the air for tuberculosis patients to come. And so they started coming here. And the owner of this, Edwin Dodge, saw that writing on the wall. So that's why he converted this 
to a, a tuberculosis resort. It's an interesting phrase, tuberculosis resort. <laughs> I know, I don't it. <laughs> not, not two words you normally would put together in a sentence. I hate to call it a hospital because it wasn't really a hospital. It was care for patients, you know, almost like senior care is in a lot of facilities. Most of the people coming up here were just coming from Tucson or were people coming from around the country, as you said, because there was an article that said Oracle's the place to go. The second they come from all over the country because they saw that article. I wonder how many of them stayed after they got well and said, all right, this place is pretty great, we'll just stay. Probably like the Californians now that come out here and they, <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs> I get a kick out of some of the medicine. These are some of the medicines that were here, but read the bold print on it. Arsenic, strychnine, and corrosive sublimate compound. Would you like to take one of them? <laughs> I think I'll go ahead and skip that one. Yeah, uh, phenobarbital. Yeah, yeah that, there are some serious, uh, serious, serious medications. Yeah. yeah, and some of these. I mean, I know it was the technology of the day, but I'm glad that some of the instruments we're looking at here ha have improved. Also, yeah, you and me both. <laughs> yes, tonsil the tonsil guillotine. guillotine. Yeah, great, that's... great name for it. <laughs> This was a, a shooting trophy, and Annie Neal and then when the ladies would line up and have a shooting competition, and the winner between the Acadia and the Mountain View would get to keep this for a year. Here's Annie Neal with her rifle, and she's supposed to be the best shot in Oracle. She said the only one that ever outshot her was Buffalo Bill. That's interesting because, especially from that time period, you don't think of women in shooting contests. You would think of Buffalo Bill and, yeah, yeah. and his friends. Except for Annie Oakley, yeah. That's right. right. So, hey, John, you want to take over in here? Oh, yep. my gracious. <laughs> well, certainly, this is uh, called the uh, Great Room currently. Um, we have on this side, I'm jumping around a little bit, this is all the material that's roughly related to Bill Cody and his associates here in town. Bill Cody's in this photograph at his camp out near Campo Benito, and here's William Cody playing Santa Claus for all the Hispanic and Anglo kids that were located physically somewhere near his mining claim. Boy, there's a story you don't hear. Buffalo Bill Cody as Santa Claus. And sure enough, I mean, he's in the, the looks like, and it's a black and white photo, but the red suit and the whole thing, at least he had the beard for it already. Right, um, his, his house here has a canvas roof, which is an interesting architectural feature that we don't normally think of having wooden sidewalls and a canvas roof. We usually think of a tent house which were numerous here in the area, and those were what were rented and uh, lived in by the TB sufferers. The, the tent houses that people rented, you said, were different. How, how were they different? A simple way to describe it is they were built on skids, not unlike a giant pallet, and then they had a wooden floor, then up about uh, roughly three and a half to four feet, they had wooden sides, and then from there, they had a framework of timber, and then they built uh, canvas walls that could be rolled up or dropped down. And part of the treatment for tuberculosis, even in the wintertime, was to sleep outdoors with your face exposed and your entire body covered with covers, clothing, quilts, that would uh, keep you physically warm, but still allow you to survive outside at night when it was below zero, which it occasionally got in Oracle. 
this series of photographs basically passes for what's downtown Oracle. Looking at this photo of downtown Oracle. I like that downtown's in quotes, uh, 1940. It's not uh, Tucson, it's not New York City or Los Angeles. No, it's not. <laughs> this is a, another interesting building. Uh, as early as 1906, George Wilson moved here from New York State. He established Rancho Linda Vista. It immediately became a uh, guest ranch, and his son, Boyd, built the Oracle Inn because the consortium that called itself the Dude Ranch Association of America required that dude ranches who held membership couldn't hold or serve alcohol on their premises. During the ownership and operation of the Oracle Inn and the ownership and operation of Rancho Linda Vista, the movie that you fellows may have heard of, The Mine with the Iron Door, was filmed in Oracle. 2024 is the 100th anniversary of The Mine with the Iron Door as a movie. Do you know what Oracle was like when, as the sign says, Hollywood came to Oracle? Hollywood does not travel light. Well, many of the uh, participants in the creation of the movie lived at Rancho Linda Vista, and that's the time when he started building additional houses and cabins to physically house the participants with the movie. How long did the, the heyday of the guest ranch, dude ranch last in Oracle? It kind of went into a decline in the 1940s during World War II. It tried to come out of the decline in the 1950s, but it wasn't really successful. This is the back road to Mount Lemmon. That's what we call it these days. It was called the Mount Lemmon Highway before the General Hitchcock Highway was created and it functioned as a control road. You could go up during a certain time period, you could come down during a certain time period. So if you were caught traversing the road to Mount Lemmon during the wrong time, you would get fined $50. That was pretty hefty. It's still a decent fine, but in the 1940s and before, it was even heftier. This was like a nightclub, Newt's Place. More in-town social places. The Green Parrot Tea Room was home to motorcycle enthusiasts. They would come from Tucson and stop in for tea. I was gonna say, now there's something you don't hear every day is bikers coming up for tea. The Green Parrot Building is actually still, still here. Newt's Place, which we saw in the other film, this was also a bar, but it was totally decorated with yucca stalks. There's a huge outcrop of yuccas that grow up on Highway 77 as you're coming uphill from Oracle Junction. Again, more natural material. These are acatillo ribs lining the roof. It was a dance hall. It had a, a raised wooden dance floor. It sounds like, and people in Tucson might be surprised to learn this, Oracle was kind of the place to be in the early 1900s. It was, and one of the unusual reasons for that were the entrepreneurs that were actually living here. They were very knowledgeable of their position geographically. The weather was far more preferable to Tucson, and the opportunity to have snow about three times a year still exists because here in Oracle we have traffic accidents all over town anytime 
it snows. One room here that I'm rather fond of because it's one of the few places in Arizona that you can get up close and personal with real Native American artifacts without having to study or stare at all of them through glass cases. All of this was uh, discovered by Alice Carpenter, who was an amateur archeologist that moved into the Oracle area in the late 20s, early 30s. Her professionalism without actual archeological training was such that professional archeologists came to her to read and see her notes and see the artifacts that she had managed to save she was even so popular with the utility companies that prior to having contractual archaeologists, the utility companies that were going to put a new pipeline or a new electric line across southern Pinal County here would call her up and say, Mrs. Carpenter, we're going to be doing excavation work out there. You probably want to get there before anything happens and before we turn uh, the tractors loose. That was Royal John Medley and Kevin Arnbrust, board members of the Oracle Historical Society. You're listening to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. We're getting to know the community of Oracle, Arizona this week. When the days of tuberculosis resorts were gone and the Dude Ranch era was ending, what was left was mining. The San Manuel copper mine continued to thrive for decades more, and that's how Sue Parra came to Oracle. Her father was a tramp miner who brought his family to Oracle from Bakersfield, California when Sue was a teenager. Now she's called the community home for more than 50 years. Together, she and her husband have owned Sue and Jerry's Trading Post for decades, establishing it as a local fixture. We moved every three years, all of my growing up. We got here. I've never left since 1970. I met my husband here. Uh, he was born and raised here. And we started our store in 1985. We love Oracle. We love junk. I call it glorious junk because people get excited when I say junk. Oh, it's not junk. They say it's junk. And I love junk. Looking around, if someone had to describe asked me to describe what you sold, I'm not sure I could come up with a paragraph because there's a little bit of everything. I mean, where we're standing, I see pottery, I see boots, I see a parasol, and that's just over your shoulder. There's <laughs> a little bit of everything in here. Our hottest, biggest selling items right now are cowboy boots and Levi's, old Levi's. So you've lived here, as you said, 53 years. What was it, and maybe it was your husband, uh, that made you stay? Jerry and I met young. We married young. I was 17, he was 22. So we basically, you know, we weren't going anywhere. We started having yard sales at our home, and we had one one weekend, and we made like $500. And that was like this aha moment for us. We met the people who own this property. This room was filled with junk out of storage sales, and he needed someone to come and arrange it and sell it for him. We eventually, 10 years later, bought the entire property. And so we have a self-storage facility, a couple of apartments, the store, and a blacksmith shop. So what was Oracle like when you moved here? It was booming. There were a lot of shops here, a lot of different restaurants. Then a couple of strikes hit the community 
In the 90s, again, it was booming. And then Magma Copper sold to BHP. BHP closed. And that was a devastating situation for our community. People had to leave. People weren't out shopping. And so we basically maxed out our credit cards just to stay open. But the thing that always gets us through the hard times is our storage facility is always good. Now it's blooming again. I have never felt so excited in Oracle. It's blooming in a way that I've always dreamed and we've always said, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Oracle's going to make it. So there's lots of little things going on in Oracle that, that are turning into huge things. And it's very exciting, especially for me and Jerry. From what we've heard talking to people in town, this is the place to be on Wednesday nights. You've got music, you've got farmer's market, all kinds of things. From what we're tell us about Wednesday nights here. Yes, we call it a farmer's market. There's rarely any produce, but it just it has a good ring. We are a three-hour uh, party every Wednesday night from April through October. And we have live music, we have food, different chefs, local vendors with their soaps and their candles and their wares. And it's a fun, fun place. And you know, the thing that really makes me happy is a vendor will come to me to pay me their $10 fee. And I'll say, did you make any money? No, I didn't make any money, but it's so fun. That, that's a nice thing. The atmosphere here is amazing. The, the people of Oracle, have people changed over the, the years you've been here? Yes, and yes. The people in Oracle are so eclectic. There are so many different personalities, voices, beliefs. We love each other, we're there for each other. Since COVID, a lot of people came here and they're good people. Both of my children, uh, Reuben and Aaron, they left and they both came back and they both live here and raising their families here. I was gonna ask about your family because you said you had now older kids. Oh. There is a draw here because when they're teenagers, there is nothing in Oracle. That's the sad thing because I look at my grandson who's three. My kids wanted to get out, but they all came back. Even my granddaughter, she couldn't stand Oracle. She left, 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 and she's back. Well, and you came here as a teen, so you have the the view, you can say, yes, yes, that's the way it's always been. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. That was Sue Para of Sue and Jerry's Trading Post. Among the people who found their way to Oracle in recent years is Hope Morris, who bought El Rancho Robles Guest Ranch about a year ago. She came from San Diego, and I started our conversation by asking how she ended up in a community that's one one-thousandth the size of her old home. Well, my business partner happens to own some hotels, and he saw a listing for it and thought I might be interested because my parents are getting older. My mom lives in Phoenix, and I was living in San Diego. So that's about a five-and-a-half, six-hour drive as opposed to about an hour-and-a-half drive. So it definitely sparked an interest, and um, I came here and fell in love, just like I think everybody else does. Robles means oak trees in Spanish, and as you can see, the ranch is covered in oak trees and also other trees, all sorts of uh, vegetation that you wouldn't think would grow in Arizona. I was blown away. So now you, you mentioned conference rooms and things like that. Is that 
kind of where you envision this guest ranch going into more of a a destination? Absolutely. Well, we definitely do a lot of weddings here. As you can see, it's very picturesque. We have two huge lawns and all of them are surrounded by, you know, beautiful buildings and tons of trees. And then in the background, you can see the desert. It's really beautiful all the time. It, It rains a decent amount during the monsoons it snows in the winter just for and usually it melts pretty quickly um, only a few days it's just a, a great spot we have 23 rooms that we can rent and they're all configured differently we do a lot of events here we hope to do more and eventually have a restaurant and we will have a, the bar first that is coming in the next couple of months in learning about the history of oracle you know People were coming here from the East Coast, late 1800s, early 1900s. Is that your hope, that someday people will come here to your property from the East Coast, or are you really going to cater more to the neighborhood, if you will? Well, being from California, I I, I like a lot of people coming from California as well because it's pretty easy to get here. Um, But, yeah, it always makes me sad when people that are close by don't know about this gem in their backyard and every time somebody you know that is from tucson or even oro valley or phoenix comes here they are just blown away and can't believe they didn't know about it you've been here for a year as the owner of the property more or less where do you see things going in oracle oh wow i think it's really the time that it's changing for the better and there a friend of mine just opened up it's called way of the bean coffee i see i see expansion in a good way not in too quick of a way a lot of artists are drawn to here there's more and more to do and there's just a great community and i see some good changes coming That was Hope Morris, owner of El Rancho Robles. Long before Morris came to Oracle, another out-of-towner bought a former ranch with eyes on transforming it. Sharon Holmbach owns the Triangle L Ranch. The property started as a working ranch in the 1880s and then became the state's first dude ranch a hundred years ago. Our conversation starts with Holmbach describing what she turned the property into since she bought it more than 20 years ago. The business is still uh, the Triangle L Ranch Cottage Rental, and we also have a nonprofit that is Triangle L Art Ranch, and that incorporates a 10 acre sculpture park. It's illuminated at night. We do uh, Glow, which is one of our annual big events where people come and wear illuminated costumes. They walk the paths, the art's illuminated, there's live music, performance art, food, all kinds of happenings. So how did you end up here? You said you you lived down in Tucson, you went to the University of Arizona. How'd you end up owning the Triangle L in Oracle? Actually, uh, my friend and I were looking for unimproved property outside of Tucson to build something like an art ranch. So there was actually an ad in the paper, and I thought, oh, that's what I want, only built 100 years ago. Came out on a whim with no kind of intention of purchasing the place and just 
fell in love. For those who say Oracle, Arizona, wait a minute. It's, we've never even heard of Oracle, Arizona. Why Oracle? Why does this work so well for you? Well, when I was on this tour <laughs> for the first time, I realized how incredible of a place it was. The rich history, the buildings. Uh, I enjoy transforming things, but at the same time, I was very cognizant to preserve. I've really tried over my tenure here to honor the original intentions and not mess it up <laughs> and to really preserve the buildings and etc it's been a real labor of love and it was exciting to me to be able to carve out a trail and just uncover the treasure that's already there the beauty of the granite boulders the wildlife we could see little bunnies hopping around right here where we are um, the birds and the nature and so that's was a real appeal and since i've been here i realized the beauty of the community as well it's a great place to be we keep hearing that what makes oracle a great place to be because we keep hearing people say that um i think it's all these things, the community, the people that are here, the land, the natural beauty, and there's a lot of creative people. The other thing that we've heard over and over again as we've met with people around Oracle is talking about the community, that this is a community. And while you want people from Tucson and Phoenix to come over and come up, it sounds like this is a real community uh, at the end of the day. You know, when, when the sun goes down, it, it's, it's Oracle. Well, I think that there are a lot of different types of people here and people here for different reasons. But I feel like at the end of the day, we're all neighbors. So there's always the, the ability to find some kind of common ground. That was Sharon Holmback, owner of the Triangle L Ranch. And that's the buzz for this week. Tune in next week as we learn about efforts to establish a new national park in southern Arizona. You can find all our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcast. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. We're also on the NPR app. Zach Ziegler is our producer with production help from Desiree Tucker. Our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.